Happy Thursday. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And it's March 23rd. We're going to be looking at Genesis 22. So yeah. glad you're all joining us. Junior, you want to pick jump up in right verse in? One? Verse 1. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. An important thing to remember when it comes to a test that this is this is a test as in when you're lifting weights, it's not that you're trying to see how much you can lift as much as you're challenging your muscles because yeah. it's by breaking those muscles down that you increase their strength. Yes. And the same with going on a run. It, you, you go on a run, you're not trying to find out how far can I run, but you're challenging your ability to go the distance so that you can go further down the road. So God's test is, an let me find out if he's got it or not. It was more about a challenge to him to grow his faith. God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, this is wild. Mm. A couple things happening here that I, I do want to mention. Mm-hmm. First off, um, child sacrifice is not okay. God no. knows that. God even had, when the Israelites went through went through the promised land, they would they would kill whole cities because of child sacrifice yeah. is a big thing. And it was common in that area. Yeah. So this is God not, hated it. In yes. fact, he denounced it in many places yes. in Scripture. So this is not God advocating for child sacrifice at all. Here's what's happening is a lot of times when we crave something and, and older parents can can run into this problem too. Mm-hmm. But when we crave something so much and we finally get it, we finally get that baby, we've been struggling with infertility, that baby easily becomes this idol. And so what God is doing here with that test, he's like, I want to see if he's holding on to the promise or the promise giver mm-hmm. is what God is doing here yeah. with Abraham. In fact, your mom has said many times, because we've seen this happen with couples when they prayed and prayed and prayed for a baby, and if a baby finally comes, and then we see that baby taking them away from church. Yeah. And, I, and your mom, who you know, has given birth three times and, uh, as you know, just absolutely, utterly loved being a mom, loved having her yeah. children. But, and she says every time we see this happen, she says, I would just hate to be in a place where I am allowing something I love so much as my child get between me and God because God will not have it. And I'm just fear for the endangerment, endangerment of that child as yeah. a result. It's a very common thing. So this is what God commands uh, Abraham to do. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. Now, we do know, Dad, that in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews, in the, in the New Testament does mm-hmm. tell us that Abraham knew during this time mm-hmm. God's going to provide another yeah. way. because He believed. This yeah. isn't God. I know God. Yeah. This you know, But he's still doing everything, God chopping the wood. He's still and all obeying of him. Yep. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. The place, now, um, it is a common tradition that the Temple Mount today is Mm -hmm. where uh, Abraham would have walked up to Mount Moriah. Yes, that would be, yes. Jewish tradition, I think, for good reason. Yes. Verse 5, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offerings on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. 
Which is a remarkable response to Isaac because that's what happened. Yeah. When we get to the end of this, we'll see. Yeah. That's what God did provide. Yep. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place, and again, this is where we believe the Temple Mount was, or is, when they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. I'll let you continue on, Dad. Yeah, before I do, I know we're in this time of suspense, what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I also want to point out that that Isaac was not a little six or seven-year-old. Most no. scholars believe that he was a teenager. Yeah. So the idea of thinking that a 115-year-old man is going to be able to overpower a 15-year-old young man, I don't know that that would be the case. Yeah. Like Isaac is a willing participant in yeah. this. Yeah, and too, I, I also want to point out here, you have um, one father who is about to have his son mur- killed. Mm-hmm. And later on, we'll see that our father had his son killed right around here as well later on. It's, it is definitely a picture of the coming yeah. Christ because this was his own, his, well, it was his chosen son. Yeah. Our father gave up his only son One and only for son. us. Yeah. And so he loves us to enough to make that kind of a sacrifice. Yeah. This was a great test for Abraham. All right, so verse 12, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. That's truly God's heart. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horn. Well, this is God's provision in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yirah, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you've obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. This is what we refer to as the Abrahamic covenant. I will multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you've obeyed me. Now you see this, through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Yeah. And, and what he's referring to mainly is the Messiah. The Messiah, the Messiah will bless all the other nations mm-hmm. through Israel. And they returned to the servants and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz. The next oldest was Booz. Uz and Booz. <laughs> or Uz and Buzz. <laughs> it's Uzi. But I, we probably shouldn't be laughing at uh, Bible names, but I don't know. <laughs> Some of them are pretty soon. I, I, yeah, can you imagine us. having a couple of kids? Hey, Uz. Hey, Buzz. Yeah. Followed by Kemuel, the ancestor of the Aramean, Arameans. Kesed, Hazo, Pilda, Pildash, Jitlaf and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah, who was Isaac's wife, who became Isaac's wife. In addition to these eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from his concubine, Reuma. Their names were Teba, Gaham, Tehash, and Makkah. So we can end with that. 
Yes. <laughs> those, the great pronunciation of those names. And I would be curious as to how you would have pronounced those because I'm sure the oh, two no, of us would have pronounced them all into differently. Like, oh, I'm so glad he's reading it right now. It's great. <laughs> all right, well, let's get over to Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs 23 is the proverb for today. Mm-hmm. And one to focus in, starting on verse 10. It says, don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers. So that's the proverb for today. Don't cheat your neighbor by <laughs> by moving your fence. <laughs> yeah. And actually, uh, I have don't steal the land of defenseless orphans. So I'm not, yeah. you know, I'd almost be curious as to what it says in the original Hebrew. Yeah. But the idea there is you don't oppress somebody that uh, you have power over. Instead, you use that power to be a blessing, not to be a curse. But it, it's funny here because that ancient boundary marker, man, have I heard that taken out of context. I, I was accused of being guilty of doing this. In fact, um, one one very conservative preacher, he had um, he used this because I, I, I tend to color outside the lines when it comes to traditions, and I prefer doing ministry in such a way that it's more effective, not just the way it's always been done. And there are some people that are so locked into traditions, church traditions, and you know a certain kind of music and a certain way of doing things that they actually get upset. They accuse you of all kinds of things. If I don't know if they feel threatened by this or what, but I was I was accused of moving the ancient boundaries because we were using electric guitars and drums at a time when it wasn't as common yeah. in churches. Oh, what's funny is the person who accused you of it wanted a piano instead, yeah. and that's not ancient. No, it's <laughs> <That's> an ancient <laughs> boundary, right? I, that and I that was that was some of my arguments, and I would usually do it in a you know way that I thought I was being funny, but they would just get more angry. I said, "What do you want us to go back to the to the lyres, or you know, yeah, right. should we play the instruments that David used and the harp? Uh, maybe yeah. we should do the Gregorian chants." Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, the, the meaning of this is we are not to the ancient landmarks. These were the way the li- land was divided up per tribe and per families. Yeah. And so people, if there was, and that's why I think it in this NLT version, it, it says defenseless orphans because they were more likely to steal land from people that couldn't keep their stakehold out. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, listen, don't take advantage of other people. That's what he's saying. For the Redeemer is strong. He himself will bring their charges against you. Well, you said it so well earlier. You summed it up so well when you just said your power, you don't leverage it to oppress people. You leverage it to bless people. Absolutely. And that's that's where, that's good leadership. That's the leadership that God wants you to take. So whether it's at work or whether it's with your family or whether it's just you have influence over friends, use it to be a blessing. How can you use your power to bless today instead of to oppress and bless yourself? Hey, it was so good to be with all of you again today. We're looking forward to being with you tomorrow again. God bless. 